Welcome to The Radiant Life with Tatiana. I am your host and I'm obsessed with empowering you to live and create the best life possible. I'm a master mindset coach, breathwork facilitator, and a passionate little Latina who loves sharing the magic behind your subconscious mind and energetics. If you're looking to uplevel your mindset, learn all about spirituality and manifestation, and to be inspired in making a change to embody your best self, you are in the right place. My goal is for you to see and unlock your limitless potential, to have the tools to break free from the chains holding you back so you can create and live your most radiant life. I am so excited to have you here listening today. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hello, Leah. Welcome to the Radiant Life Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. This has been an episode, a long time coming. Um, For those of you who are new to Leah's world, Leah Tang is a body image and weight coach, and she is also the podcast host to Your Body Is Not The Problem. We've known each other for quite a few years now. We've both supported each other in so many different ways, but I'm just so excited to have you here on the show finally to really talk about body image and loving our bodies in a way that are empowering versus the constant weight loss cycle, especially as we're stepping here into the new year. But welcome. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thank you. So happy to be here. So excited. It's been a long time that we've had this planned. Um, Let's start off with just telling, I mean, I know I just gave a little bit of background of you, but just share with us, who are you? What do you do? And how did you get to this point in your life? Yeah, so I'm Leah. I am 27 years old and currently live in Florida, which was my dream for literally my entire life. But the way I got to who I am today is a very long road with so many ups and downs and with a lot of credit to Tatiana for helping me get to where I am today. But I was the young girl who could eat everything and not gain any weight. And I really thought that was a really cool feature about myself. (laughs) I prided myself on being able to eat more than my brothers. And it wasn't until the end of high school that I started to struggle with some different health symptoms. And I started to slowly gain weight. And I ended up gaining 80 pounds between like 2014 and 2016. And in my head, I thought oh my God, what have I done? I need to lose weight. I feel so ugly. I have so many health symptoms that I truly believe that if I just lost weight, that everything would be so much better. And so it was in the end of like 2016 that I went from overeating to undereating. And I didn't realize that I went to undereating. And I was losing a lot of weight really fast because I wasn't eating enough, but everyone was complimenting me. They're like, Mm. oh my God, Leah, you look so good. And it's like, oh, they were reaffirming, not because they hate me and not because my body was the problem, just because of what they've been taught to congratulate throughout society. But they were reaffirming. It's like, oh, my bigger body was a problem oh, my smaller Mm. body is really good. It is getting me the compliments that I wanted so badly, even if I didn't believe them. And so I then lost a lot of weight really fast. And I entered into some different online fitness things. And then I made my body my business by becoming a health and fitness coach. And I didn't understand it then, but I see it now that 
making my body my business just took my unhealthy body image and habits and health to a whole other level. And it wasn't until I had lost the 80 pounds that I had gained and I was still unhealthy, still struggling and going to get blood work very often because I was like, what is wrong with me still? I was very self-conscious, insecure, not feeling good in my body at all. And I was like, I thought society told me that if I lost all of this weight, that I would be happy, that I would be good. And it was after losing all of that weight that I was like, wait a second. I was really insecure before I gained the weight too. So at my smallest before gaining weight, mm. I didn't like my body. I was so jealous of everyone around me and insecure around them. Then I gained weight, still didn't like my body. <laughs> then I lost the weight and still didn't like my body. And I was like, maybe my body isn't the problem. And so from that kind of moment on is when I realized that like, maybe, just maybe five more pounds isn't what I'm looking for. And it was the mindset shifts that I had to make to actually learn to love my body. And long story short, I am now very passionate about helping women learn to love their body because your body is not the problem. Yeah, that was so well said. Cause I think it's, it's, it's the whole concept of like, when I lose five pounds on the scale, then I will feel confident or I'll be happy. And then when you reach the goal, at least that was for me, you're like, wait, but I'm still not happy in myself, or I still don't think I'm pretty, or I still don't feel what I thought I was going to feel because it's all internal versus external. And at the end of the day, our bodies are like a shell, right? And it's, it's not, uh, the problem, aka why, or you're really here to help um, women really realize that like their body isn't the problem and it's a deeper root, a wound, a belief, whatever that is. And I know you've done so much work around that. Um, but that's a, that's a beautiful awareness because not many people have that mentality, right? As we step into the new year, it's the same thing. Oh, I'm going to lose 10 pounds this year so then I can feel happy during summer, but then they don't. And it's like, oh, well, I didn't lose the 10 pounds. So now I'm not happy. So that's why I'm grumpy. And it's like, no, you're just choosing not to be happy despite what your body is doing for you, right? Exactly. It's the thought, oh, I need to lose five pounds that is keeping you insecure. It's not mm -hmm. the body, it's the thought. And I think one of the cool mindset shifts that helped me realize just how much my body wasn't the problem and how your body isn't the problem either is how when I was gaining all of that weight, I got to a specific size. And let's just for the episode, let's just say you get to a size 14 when you're gaining weight and you think you shouldn't be gaining weight. You get to a size 14, you feel really crappy in your body, you don't like how you look, all of these things. And then maybe you get to a size 16 and then you're like, okay, I'm done, I'm losing weight. And then all of a sudden you start losing weight and you get back to a size 14 and you're like, this is amazing, I've lost weight, I'm a size 14. It's like, you could have felt that way when you had gained weight and got into a size 14, but just yeah. because of the pro process of losing weight and people celebrate that, it's like, Oh, hallelujah. I'm a size 14 again. And it's just, it's a great it, way to put it. There was nothing wrong with it the first time. It's just how we've been raised and influenced to think about our body and sizing. Yeah. The perspective on it, right? Like, Oh, I had gained weight versus I lost weight. But at the end of the day, you were the same, you were at the same size at one point. It was just, your, your 
the perspective of how you got there and whatnot. And I think, you know, we're growing up at an age, and I don't know about you if you want to talk on this too, but like I'm noticing so many old trends from when we were children. Like we grew up in like the 90s to early 2000s where uh, we would wear like the skinny low rise jeans that were like showing our crotch practically, at least I was, you know, you had the skinny models and everything. And I'm noticing that coming back, especially with all these celebrities uh, taking Ozempic, Ozempic, I think is how you're wording it. And like, it's obvious that they're dropping weight like flies and we know it's not natural. Um, And I'm, and it actually concerns me a little bit of bringing up either old wounds or traumas if people haven't healed those beliefs or those insecurities and or raising another generation that has self-body image issues again because I feel like we just went through an era of like loving our bodies and taking care of our bodies and not having to look a certain way or be a certain size and I'm noticing very I don't know if you've been noticing that either with people you've been talking to or just like social media in general um, a little bit of those similarities what's your view on that yeah so I wasn't the person who came up with this saying but it's your body is not a trend and Mm. I think I saw this when it was like the heroin heroin chic was like slowly going back in a sense and the beauty standards are forever changing and it's not our job to fit into society's standards of beauty because they're also always changing, but you're never going to make everyone happy. Yeah. And if you want to wear low rise jeans, cause that's what you enjoy, wear them. But if you don't like myself, I love high rise. I find it really- I'm team high rise forever. I'm like, these feel good on me. <laughs> exactly. And it's just, it's just not your body's job to conform to those standards and to the new beauty trends. And it's just, it's not worth it because they're just gonna change again. And then you're gonna think, oh, well, I need to then change the pants I wear or I need to physically change the shape of my body by like wearing a corset or a waist Mm. trainer. It's like, your body is not the problem. Mm -hmm. Or even worse, you go and get surgery done. I mean, how many botched surgeries have you seen these people trying to look like the Kardashians, the BBLs and like even, even breast implants, which is like, it's not like shaming people who are doing that, but it's some people are doing it because of the insecurities. And I've met people who've had these procedures done and then they're still unhappy. And then other people that have, and you know, they're happy. And so it's not like a everybody who gets this done isn't happy and they're insecure. No, but it's like this societal pressure to look a certain way. And then when that trend ends, then what? Are you going to be unhappy with yourself again? Or did you make that decision because you wanted it for good reasons and you were already whole and complete and happy despite what your body was that it was just kind of like a cherry on top, right? Like there's a huge, that's, it's a big difference with all of this stuff, right? 100%. I love that you brought up the Kardashians though, because I think one of the reasons why we debate and go through these permanent changes is because we think we're not going to be judged or we're going to be judged in a more positive light. Mm. But how many people still hate the Kardashians and don't think they're beautiful and just judge them every single day? Yeah. <laughs> it's no, like, it's so true. You can't run away from the judgment, but you can run away from the judgment of yourself by learning to love your body how it is. I love that. So share with us a little bit of like, what was your journey like learning to love and accept your body and not punish your body or 
you know, because I, I, you know, those old thoughts can come up. I even opened up about it a few months ago where I was like, oh, I'm, I had some old thoughts come up because I didn't have as much muscle as I used to. And like, again, those self-judgment thoughts when none of my friends or family could give a shit what my body looked like. But those thoughts came up, right? So like, what's been your journey? How have you kind of created this muscle and this perspective and this love around yourself? Um, and if it does come back up for you, how do you handle it? One of the biggest things that I have done in my journey to go from literally 1000% hating every part of who I was to actually liking myself and feeling like I would want to be my own friend. One of the biggest things I did was get rid of the scale Mm. because when I was at my heaviest, I was weighing myself every single day. And as I lost weight, I became even more obsessed with the scale and I used it as a punishment. I used it as a way to try and tell myself how I thought I should feel Mm. about myself that day. I let it dictate what I ate, when I ate, how much I ate, if I worked out, what workout did I do? Was I allowed a rest day? What clothing was I allowed to wear depended on what the scale said. And so I would say that one of the biggest things was slowly moving away from the scale because moving away from that allowed me to finally have my own opinions. It allowed me to check back in with my body and be like, okay, instead of giving my power to a piece of metal that just shows me one number, how about I ask my body today? Okay, body, what do you want to eat? How do you want to move? How do you actually feel? And it was one day in uh, 2020 that I woke up and I was feeling so good. And I was like, I have energy this morning. I'm just feeling good in my body. And I was like, the scale has to be like, it has to be a weight loss day. I am feeling so good. It has to have gone down. And I stepped on the scale and I think it either like didn't move or it went up like half a pound. And in that split second, I almost let that completely destroy my good mood that I had woken up Mm -hmm. in. I almost let it mean that I had no energy. I felt really bad about myself. And I was like, okay, maybe it's not serving me the way that I thought it was. And so from there, that was like the main pivotal point, I would say, in transforming from hating my body to loving my body, because that was just controlling so much of my mindset and my life. And so first it started with that and then it moved to like, I want to wear a crop top. (laughs) And so I bought a crop top and I wore it inside the house and then I would wear it on like our balcony and then I would wear it just in the car, but not get out of the car and Mm. slowly just shifting my mindset and just little different areas that I wanted to see progress in. It's like, I wanted to be able to wear a crop top and feel good in it. I wanted to be able to decide what I wanted to eat in the day and not feel stressed about what it was going to show up as on the scale. Yeah. And that's huge because we're more than a number, like, and we're more than a number on the scale and a size. Right. And it's like, I, I so relate to that, like getting on the scale and like that depicted how confident we were or how much self-love we had was because that number ruled us. And at the end of the day, for those of you that are listening, like as women, our weight 
fluctuates, like the scale fluctuates. And that's normal. It's based on your sleep, your stress, your water intake, your cycle, where you're at in the cycle. And unfortunately, I don't think we're educated on this enough. So like, you're like, oh my God, I'm, why am I down one pound? Why am I up? Like, no, that's like literally normal. Like when you're ovulating, you glow more, you have more energy, you're more thriving versus your luteal and your menstruation phase. And you're like, I want to go into a hermit. I feel bloated. Like it is normal. And yet we have not been taught this. We've been programmed that like, we can only like look or feel good when we have a certain number. And so I want to just say that because the phases <laughs> is a thing. And I think it's important to realize like you're meant to fluctuate just like the weather fluctuates. That's okay. Yeah. It is actually is a very good point. And I think one of the, the other things that helped me with my mindset then was realizing that using the scale was actually stunting my progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you would go and step on the scale after maybe a weekend and you had date night and you stayed up late and you had some extra salty foods and the scale would go up and you're like, okay, I need no rest days. I need to eat less. And it's like, oh, you're not eating enough. Your body's going to gain weight. Oh, you're not resting enough. Your body's going to gain weight and have a hard time rebuilding your muscles. And so when you are giving so much credit and power to the scale and you're not listening to your body, you're actually not going to get as many, as much results as you wish for because you're ignoring what your body's trying to tell you. Yeah. Would have been like your ways of listening to your body or like becoming in tune with it. Like you mentioned like, okay, how, you know, how do you feel today? Or like, what do you, what do you desire? And like it, it, that question can be easy for people to answer, but it also can be really complicated if no one's really gotten connected with their body and really been like, well, what do I want? Or how do I feel? Or X, Y, Z has that have, how was your journey on like actually listening to your body and knowing what it needed and wanted? Such a good question because I've heard so many people be like, oh, I've tried intuitive eating. It didn't work for me. And I think one of the caveats to listening to your body is that you want to try and listen to your body when you're in the parasympathetic nervous system and you're in a relaxed Mm. response because your body, when it's in survival mode, is going to tell you and ask you for things that you don't necessarily promote health, don't necessarily make you feel better. It's just trying to keep you alive and safe. And so I think one of the things is doing all the things that you share, do the meditations that Tatiana has shared <laughs> and help your body feel safe. Cause when your body feels safe, your body becomes a safe place for you. And mm-hmm. I would say alongside of that is realizing that your body is on your team. Every single thing your body does is your body being on your team. And that is coming from someone who was diagnosed with Lyme disease, hypothyroidism. I had gained a whole bunch of weight. I literally thought my body was broken, hated me and was against me. But every single thing, all of the chronic illnesses that I was diagnosed with, which I no longer struggle with, were just messages from my body being like, hey, something's not working here. And so I think when it comes to listening to your body, it's having to realize that your body's not sending you stomach cramps after every meal because it hates you and it wants you to spend the night in the bathroom. (laughs) Your body is not making you feel tired and quote unquote lazy because it wants you to like just take a nap for no reason. (laughs) It's telling you these things 
because it's on your team, because it wants you to feel good. Your body is designed to feel good and it wants you to feel good. It doesn't want you to feel like shit, but we're so good at not listening to it. Mm -hmm. Ignoring the signs or making it mean something that it's not. Exactly. One of the things that my doctor had told me back in the day was first, your body whispers to you. If you don't Mm -hmm. listen, then your body speaks to you. If you continue not listening, then your body yells at you. Try not to get to your body yelling at you. But most of us do because it's like, oh, I have a headache. I'll take an Advil. Well, why did you have a headache? What was it trying to tell you? Maybe you were hungry because you haven't eaten enough. Maybe you need some water. And it's just like, that's how we get to, oh, now I have a full-blown migraine. Mm -hmm. I wasn't listening. Yeah. I'm laughing because I literally woke up this morning with a headache, which never ever happens and my family you know they're listening and love you guys but like they're kings and queens they're like oh i'll go take an advil ibuprofen i'm like no 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 like drink some water because the first thing is you're probably dehydrated especially if you woke up with the headache right you mm-hmm. haven't drank water all day and so i think that's a beautiful way of like maybe for those listening like you have a notebook, get a note and be like, what, how do I feel? Like, do I have a stomach cramp? Do I feel bloated? Am I burpy? Do I have a headache? And like start maybe labeling the feelings and symptoms and then maybe start questioning them. I wouldn't go to Google and WebMD it because I'll probably tell you you have like cancer or something because that's what You're Google pregnant. Like. Yeah, like Google loves to say that, but like maybe like finding more like resources like Leah, like other uh maybe accounts that could be like, oh, this may mean you have a parasite or you have heavy metal. Like there's, there's so much to it versus just cancer. Like, and I just say that because so many people Google it and that's what WebMD loves to say. That was me for so long when I was struggling with my health and everything. And I didn't trust my body and I didn't listen to my body. I was always going to Google and that always made it worse. Yeah. It gets (laughs) you more worried and more stressed and it kind of like perpetuates this cycle of stress when our cortisol levels are high. And I remember when I was doing health coaching, and you can talk on this, I would tell ladies, and this is what brought me into the world of being mindful and meditation and nervous system regulation. Cause it's like when your body isn't in that high state or high stress state, that fight or flight, the sympathetic nervous system, your body will not lose weight. So if you are genuinely just trying to release some weight, it, it, it won't because your body's like having to preserve the energy because it's like, figuring out how to handle the stress and whatever it thinks is happening. Um, So stress is a huge factor. If you're like, okay, I'm doing all the things I'm eating clean, I'm eating healthy. If you're stressed all the time, I I remember that like you can be, you can't like you, they say you can't outwork out a bad diet, but like same thing with stress. Like if you're eating good and if you're working out, but you're not regulating yourself, if you're not being mindful of your, Oh, Zoom just gave me a thumbs up. Okay. Um, if you're not, uh, now it just sidetracked me, but like, if you're not, um, giving yourself self-love and encouragement versus like negative self-talk and judgment, like it's not going to move the needle forward. What's your, I know you have had a lot of background and you're in a, in a, you know, intensive program right now around more of like the scientific parts of, you know, body and body image and stress, but like, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think that when I was in the middle of my journey, or I guess closer to the beginning of my journey, I was under the impression that 80% nutrition, 20% exercise for results. 
And I think now from everything I've learned from the program I'm doing, which is a mind body eating coach certification, and just from my own life experience, because I personally believe that all of the health struggles that I had were strictly just from stress and an unregulated, unregulated nervous system. But stress, in my opinion, is it should be the like the top thing. So instead of it being 80% nutrition, 20% exercise, I like to think of it as like 100% stress, 100% sleep, 100% sunshine and mindset, and then nutrition and exercise. I'm not saying that nutrition, nutrition and exercise don't matter, Yeah, but there are so many other things that like, when you focus on your stress, that positively impacts your nutrition and your exercise. When you focus on your sleep, that positively impacts your nutrition and your exercise. And it, it leads you to make different decisions Mm. to just feeling better overall. But yeah, in my program, I've been learning that stress essentially there's obviously like a grade to how stressed you are, but in every single sense, stress turns off your digestion it tells your body to not build muscle. It tells your body to store extra fat. And the fat around our stomach is more susceptible to um, the cortisol. And so you are likely to get more fat around your stomach when you're stressed. And if you just think about it, it's like when we're in fight or flight, our body isn't thinking about having a baby, which is why you can lose your period or have mm-hmm. a late period when you're stressed. It's not thinking about having sex or losing weight. It's literally just thinking about how do I keep you alive right now? Yeah. And so if you're trying to lose weight, but you're going about it in a way that's stressing your body even more with super intense workouts and you're under eating because that's what society and diet culture teaches us to do, then your body is not the problem and your body is not broken when you're struggling to lose weight. Because often we'll do the diet, we'll do the crazy program and we're like, my body is broken. It's not losing weight. Why is it working for them? And it's not working for me. Mm-hmm. It could literally be as simple as you're, you're too stressed <laughs> because the thoughts of, I hate my body. My body's not good enough are a low grade stress response on your body because you're seeing yourself as the enemy. And then you walk alongside yourself all day long as the enemy. And so it's another reason why reducing your stress and healing your body image can lead to natural weight loss and getting you to your natural healthiest weight without it having to be a hyper focus on nutrition and exercise. That was well, well said. I think in general, a lot of people don't realize that they're living in a state of stress because it's so like, it's kind of like they become immune to it or their tolerance has gone up until they have like a panic attack. And I'm like, well, you're, those are their symptoms that didn't, you didn't pick up on them. You had, your body had to completely shut down. Um, what, what have been for you? I know a lot of like listeners here may know a little bit like what I think and do and support with when it comes to like stress, but like for you, because it's different for everybody, what's really helped you reduce stress and, and get grounded and becoming more mindful and in tune with your body? One thing that has helped me with my stress levels that I was doing because I was having panic attacks almost every single day. And part of it was because 
because I had the diagnoses of Lyme disease and hypothyroidism, I got really, really good at listening to my body, but to a point where it wasn't actually helpful in serving me because it was mm-hmm. just leading to panic attacks and just extra anxious of like, oh, what was that feeling in my body? And so one of the things that helped me and de-stressing and just feeling good in my body was I would feel a sensation in my body. And so maybe it was, oh my God, I'm so hungry. And I would say, oh my God, I'm so hungry and I am safe. Mm. Because I was, I didn't want to gaslight myself. Like I want to acknowledge I am truly feeling really hungry. I am feeling like maybe I'm going to faint from period cramps and I am safe. And having that trust that no matter what crazy thing your brain is trying to think of is going to happen, you're still going to be safe on the other end of it. And so that really helped me with reducing my stress of just living in my own body (laughs) and being more comfortable with my body. And then thanks to you, I have gained the habit of meditation and occasionally breath work. Uh, but meditation is something that I stuck up my nose to for a very, very long time. <laughs> I judged everyone who did it. And I'm like, I don't need that. Me having an anxiety attack. I don't need that. <laughs> and it was through your program after I had tried everything. And I was like, something's got to give. I apparently really need to try something different to have a different result. Mm-hmm. And so I tried meditating and I realized well, dang, that's pretty nice. (laughs) Oh, I feel relaxed. (laughs) Yeah. And it was the culmination of doing it for a very long time that I was like, wait, I can very clearly see all of the benefits that I got from meditating and how it continued to pay off. Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing that I do for relieving stress. And then on top of that, trying to set boundaries where I'm able to and working on that. And I think just realizing that the stress, it's not inherently bad, right? We need stress. We need to have our body go into fight or flight in certain moments, but sending an email shouldn't cause fight or flight and stepping on a scale Mm. shouldn't be causing fight or flight. And so I guess it's also just recognizing the self-chosen stressors. Like I was choosing to stress myself out every single day by stepping on the scale and becoming aware of those things and being like, okay, I just got to be real with myself. That's not helping me. And realizing and remembering how much de-stressing is going to help you in the future and that you're worthy of feeling good and de-stressing. Yeah. And it's possible. So many people are like, I don't have time for meditating. That doesn't work for me. And I'm like, if you say that you're the person that needs to meditate twice <laughs> and, and meditation can look different for everybody, right? That could be like a really grounding walk in nature. It could just be sitting in silence. It could be that breath work, the listening and guided one. But I think it's like, then it's like slowing down and coming within and just like being fully present, not having to get an outcome with it. But like, can you just bring your awareness to just the room and like bringing that safety measure out. And, you know, I know you've been through embrace your radiance and we do, we cover a lot of that, but it's like, what feels right for you. And so I love that you're like, I listen to my body. And then I reminded myself I am safe, right? Because you could be meditating all the time, but if you have old programming, if you have old beliefs, if you have like old, um, just like self-talk words that are happening unconsciously, like the meditation will support you. And 
you won't be reaping all the benefits if you're not like taking a deeper look within of like, well, what's triggering this or what's causing that. So I, I love that you, you brought that up. What would you say to those right now who are listening? Cause we're right now we're January new year. I think it's like the number one, like most common goal for people to have like some type of weight loss, body, anything type of resolution for the new year. Cause it's just so common. What would your words be to them? And whether it's like to do instead a perspective shift, just like, yeah, speak to that, that crowd that could be like, well, I'm not feeling good and happy in my body. I do want to lose weight, but maybe I need to do more. What would you, what would you say? So first I would say your body is not the problem. (laughs) And the thing that I was actually thinking about just the other day, because we're in a new year now is how different would it feel if when you set your goals, you set your goals with the knowledge that your body is not the problem. Like when you think your body is the problem and then you set goals, those are the goals you're not going to want to keep doing things, right? Because why would you want to do something good for something you hate? Mm. Yes. Was it like a negative motivator? Yeah. And so why not instead try setting goals from the understanding that your body isn't the problem? But when it comes to setting any type of goal of wanting to change your body, whether it is the plastic surgeries or the Botox or the weight loss, there are three things that I recommend just thinking about and doing before you go about any of these things. And of course, I'm not your boss. You're allowed to do whatever you want. These are just the things that I've noticed would result in you, you could still end up going and doing the surgery, but it's more likely for you to actually feel good afterwards. Or maybe it's going to stop you from doing something you don't actually want to do, but you're trying to do it for someone else. So the first thing is to have the mindset and the understanding that more weight loss, a plastic surgery is not the thing that you need to feel more beautiful, to feel more confident, to feel more light. You change your feelings by changing your thoughts. You don't have to change your body. And so knowing that you're worthy before any of those changes, highly recommend that as the first step. The second one is making sure that you do it for yourself instead of others. Just like how we were saying earlier about how the beauty trends are always changing. That's Mm going to get really expensive if you are doing plastic surgeries for other people and trying to make them happy. That's not our job. We can't make everyone else happy. But so just get clear on what do you actually want? If it is not, if you're doing it already knowing that you're worthy and you're doing it for yourself, great first two steps. The third one is to do it in a safe, sustainable, and fun way because whether it's weight loss or plastic surgery, like you want to do research Mm. before you go and get plastic surgery, right? So making sure it's safe. Is it sustainable? Do you want to be doing Botox for the next 50 years? And is it fun? Go to someone you actually enjoy talking to and you feel safe with. If it's weight loss, doing the fad diets like keto, intermittent fasting, everywhere online, you're going to find someone who says they're amazing. Mm -hmm. You're also going to find someone who says they're not amazing. However, I believe, and from my own experience, when we see these flashy diets online, we're like, look at all those benefits. And then we try it. 
we never look up the side effects and then we get all of the side effects and we're like, why does my body hate me? <laughs> it's like, no, intermittent fasting just isn't recommended for those who have a period still and keto and not having carbs in your diet, likely why you might be having panic attacks speaking mm -hmm. from experience. And so those are the three things that I would recommend, whether it's five more pounds of weight loss or doing an actual like permanent thing to your body of just making sure you already know you're worthy. You're already beautiful and doing it for yourself and not for others and then doing it in a safe, sustainable and fun way. And then if you do still decide, I want to lose weight, if you do still decide you want to do Botox, you already feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it's like there are so many people who go and get that surgery done and then they still hate themselves. There are so many people like myself who lose the weight and then they still hate themselves. And so having those three things in place beforehand, I think just prevents you from continuing to not like who you are. Mm, I love that because I think, I think that's exactly what you, got, you said on point. Like it's who you are that you're not in love with. And those weight loss or those surgeries can enhance the feelings of either self-hate or not knowing who you are, not loving who you are, or they can support it if you're doing it once you know. It's just like, again, that cherry on top thing versus the Band-Aid, the solution. Um, and I love those three points because as you're talking, you know, this is something I think I've shared a little bit on the podcast episode before this one. Um, last year, um, right before the holidays, I realized like I was going through just like ebbs and flows my workouts and everything and I realized I had a breakthrough that my, let's just my whole life I my motivator to work out or to eat healthy was in a negative way so because I wasn't happy with how I was looking so it was to get extra skinny or to feel pretty or beautiful or confident and so after years of self-healing work and I didn't need to look a certain way to feel a certain way about myself. My motivation for the gym had shifted because I wasn't really using it as a move away toward or move away from or negative motivator. Right. So I had to find a new motivation to stay healthy and to do these things. And so it was more of like finding what felt right. So my body could feel good internally, not externally anymore, like it used to. And throughout this last year of journey, like you said, how can you have fun with it? I was getting a little burnt out and resistance towards the whole bodybuilding, weightlifting workouts that I had been doing for so long. And for some reason, my mind thought like that was the only way of working out until I started going to Pilates and walking more and finding ways to tune into my body and like what feels right and good for me. What can I enjoy Instead of being like, oh, I don't want to lift weight, so I'm going to sit on the couch. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I love that you said that because those were two things I personally have experienced. And, you know, I know a lot of these things and yet it can still come up in different seasons. And so I love those three points that you said, because even if you're listening now and you get to whatever you're desiring to look or feel, if it were to come up in the future, maybe you just reevaluate yourself. What is the what is the intention? What is the style of movement that feels good for you? Because um, I think I said it to you randomly on a call once and I was like, along the lines of like, you know, you're going to get bored. And I forget what the analogy I said. I don't know. if you, Do you remember that? Was that you that I said that to? I think it was on my podcast of the, if you were to eat the same meal every single day, 
just like the same workout. It's like, whoa, that was so good. You're going to get bored, right? And until I had that moment, I was like, oh, it's okay to lift weights and then do a Pilates class and then do yoga and then walk, like change it up. That's what makes life enjoyable. And so like you said, like make it enjoyable because that's what's going to make it lasting. You're going to be doing it to feel good versus to just look good and, and more on a superficial superficial level. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's been so cool just watching you. I'm just going to share this for a moment. I've been so cool just watching you just share all this and talk. So I've known Leah, you guys for like since 2020, right? Yeah. 2020. And to see you not only build this self-love and self-confidence within your body and, and, you know, in your personal life and setting boundaries and finding enjoyment in who you are, it's freaking badass that like you are helping so many other women do the same. And like, we need more of this message because you, you keep growing, you keep learning and you keep just evolving. And it's just been so cool. And I just need to acknowledge you for that because it's been so beautiful to watch you take control of your life and really be like, no, I'm going to change the stories, the beliefs, the way I look at myself. And I'm going to now share this with the world so that other ladies don't feel like they have to be stuck or feel like they're alone. And um, I just know that your message, your, your, your social medias, your podcasts are super impactful. I always recommend um, women who are like struggling with body image or, or weight in general. I'm like, you got to go to Leah because like you, you walk the walk and you're not just teaching it and you continue to educate yourself to continue to support women on such deeper levels. And I just need to, you know, acknowledge you that because you've grown so much and it's been so cool to watch. Well, thank you. But yeah, I think that was one of the things that motivated me so much is that nine out of 10 women hate their body. Hmm. It's like, that is an insane number. And it was the realization when I was shifting to an approach that had me loving my body more rather than hating it, that I was like, since I had been trying to sell fitness programs and stuff like that, that I was like, I just realized that that was the reason why so many people quit or they didn't start their programs. Mm -hmm. And it was, they, it wasn't that they had a willpower problem. It wasn't that they couldn't do the workouts and they couldn't stick to a nutrition plan. It was that they didn't have a healthy relationship with their body. And so again, why would you want to do something good for something you hate? And why would you like, you don't want to show up for your bully in high school in a good way. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> good one like why would you want to do that and it was just realizing that there's too many of us who are going about our days absolutely hating our body which is then at least from my experience then leading to you just hating yourself as a human and as a person and that bleeds into every single area of our life our relationship our work our school everything everything yeah that's why it's so important to find that self-love and and self-acceptance because you're right. It will cause you to do things for maybe the wrong reasons and affect everything around you. Mm-hmm. I have a few questions that I'd love to wrap up as we, um, as we're here, what would you say have been your top success habits over the last few years to really just embrace who you are but also like you've accomplished a lot like when we were working together your goal was to move to florida you did that you from canada 
to Florida during like a pandemic time frame. You've been, um, you launched a podcast, you're in this certification program, like you've accomplished a lot. So yeah, what would you say have been your success habits, not only for body image, but just overall you in general? I think one of them is surrounding myself with other people who are like, they also have the big goals and they're not insecure around other people pushing for big goals and they want to see you succeed. And so I definitely let go of some friendships that were not serving me. And obviously it's difficult, but that was definitely one thing that helped me a lot was just surrounding myself with more people of like-minded mindset of, I literally changed my background on my phone to, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky. Everything's happening for me for this year. I love that. That was one of the things I was like, oh, the cool people like yourself who have that optimistic, abundant mindset is like, that's what I want to surround myself with. So I made it my background on my phone for this year because I'm like, what cool stuff is going to happen this year? I love that. I think I'm going to, I haven't done my vision board for my phone yet this year. I might steal that from you and add that. I love looking at my phone now. And I mean, I'm, I always like looking at my phone, but now I really enjoy looking at my phone because that's the first thing that I see when I go to unlock my phone is, oh my gosh, everything's happening for me. And so, yeah, definitely surrounding yourself with like-minded people who want to see you succeed, have that abundant, positive, optimistic mindset. I would say working on your fears, Mm. I think a big theme for myself over between 2020 and 2022 and no 2023 I forgot what year we're in um is overcoming all of the things that my brain was telling me were so scary because Mm -hmm. in 2020 I developed agoraphobia and just became really afraid of leaving my home and then it was in 2021 that I was doing all the work to work through the anxiety and the panic attacks and being able to leave my house. And then I moved to Florida and now I spend all day, every day by myself and I go out to places and I'm like, excuse me, 2020 Leah would be shocked. She'd probably be having a panic attack. (laughs) And so put yourself into safe environments where you can push yourself out of your comfort zone and feel the fear and do it anyway, because that's also definitely why I'm where I, where I'm at. I can't say that sentence right. That's why I am where I am um, is because I started feeling the fear and doing it anyways. Like the relationship I had with food and my body, it led me to have a lot of anxiety around food and eating. And so that was another thing. I then had to reintroduce foods into my diet as Mm. if I had never eaten them before, but they used to be my favorite. I then cut them out because I was scared of them, whether it was for weight loss or my health. And then I added them back in to realize, wait, (laughs) they're not bad for me at all. It was my thoughts Mm -hmm. about them that were bad for me. And so, yeah, just doing the things that scare you and pushing past the fear because Life gets so good when you stop letting fear dictate how you live. I love that. I actually just saw a reel. I was sending it to my friend um, who's been doing a lot of gut healing throughout the years. And I was like, there's a point where gut healing stops. Your gut is healed. It's your mindset that your mindset's thinking, oh, this is going to 
cause this, or this is unsafe, or this is uh, good. So I love that you just like dropped that in there because yeah, pretty powerful. And it could be associated, you know, to a certain food, gluten, dairy, but like there, you know, our body can withstand these things when they're of good quality or, or of a good proportion. And sometimes it is sometimes more of the mindset work versus the actual eating it or not eating it work. Yeah. And stress impacts your immune system. So if you eat something when you're Mm -hmm. stressed, you're way more likely to react to it, but it doesn't actually mean that you're allergic to it or sensitive to it. It just means your body is stressed and not trying to worry about digesting that food. And it's like, we don't have time for this, except then our brains make that mean something about the food. It then becomes a story that we keep telling ourselves. And Mm -hmm. it's like, if I don't want to have stomach pains, well, then I can't eat this. It's like, but were you eating it under a lot of stress? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. I hope this gives you guys a moment of like, oh, I need to do some self-awareness checks here of food intolerance or certain foods and and just making sure because, you know, food is fuel, like food is fuel. Every time people say like they're scared of bread, I'm like, if you guys read the Bible, Jesus gives bread. He is the bread. He breaks part of the bread. He never did like a salad. It was bread. <laughs> Don't fear the bread. <laughs> that was another thing that I had mentioned. I think it was my very first podcast episode, my first guest episode, but it was that we feel so insecure when in our body. And I was like, did God create us with clothes on? No, <laughs> nope. You were created in God's image and that is naked <laughs> and that is good. Amen to that. That is so true. So yeah, it's learning to love ourselves raw, who we are and how we are. Oh, it's so good. What, um, is there any, like, and, and I'm going to have you share like where they can find you because you have so many resources, but would, was there ever like a book or a resource or just anything that you did, you learned from that really just continue to support you during your journey and in, in any area? Uh, One of the books that I love so much, and it helped me understand how powerful our brains are and is what helped me with a lot of the panic attacks I was having also and just some other health issues that I was going through is The Way Out by Alan Gordon. It's about healing chronic pain with our mind. And it's so interesting and so cool. Like one of the stories is about this construction worker, and he's wearing his steel toe boots, he steps on a nail, goes right through the top of his boot. And then he's like, Oh, my God, they rush him to the hospital. And he's in so much pain. And the doctor's like, it's kind of strange, like there's no blood. And they take off the boot or whatever, to realize it went in between his toes, it didn't go through his foot. But his brain saw the nail go through the boot and was like, oh my gosh, this is really bad. Like, I have to be in so much pain. Wow. Yeah. So it's stories like that. And that book just really opened up my mind to how powerful our brains are and Mm -hmm. how it's always trying to be on our team. Again, your body is on your team. Your brain is on your team. But sometimes there's just a misfire of a pain signal or a thought and it, it helped me just understand our brains more and just find it so interesting. Wow. That's a good one. What's it called again? The Way Out by the Alan. Way out. The Way Out. Okay, cool. I love that. I've, I've heard so many stories like that, but I love to learn more because it's just a reminder that 
Our mind is a way more powerful than any of us think it is sometimes. Um, well, thank you so much for just being on here, for just sharing your story and all of this insight and, and I would say perspective shifts and just different ways to view all of us. And I hope those of you listening really value this, especially as we go into the new year to maybe if any type of body goals are there, making sure, you know, you're, you're giving her uh, three, three points to, to do, to make sure you're doing it in the right way for the right reasons. And just really giving yourself the time to, to love yourself, to accept yourself and know that like your body is not the problem and maybe finding the root to some of the things where, where can everybody find you? Where can they um, learn more from you, connect with you? What, what are the best places? On Instagram, I am at underscore Leah Tang, and that is pretty much strictly body image related content. I also have the podcast, which is your body is not the problem podcast, also strictly body image related content. And then I am on TikTok, but I post kind of everything on TikTok <laughs> is also at underscore Leah Tang. And then I also wanted to open up three spots for a full scholarship to work with me. So I can send Tatiana the link and that can hopefully go in the show notes. But if you are interested in working on your body image, then I can definitely support you on that. If you want to fill out the application and then I will get back to everyone who applies. Wow. That's so beautiful for you to give back in that way. So yeah, if you're listening, take, take advantage of that opportunity. She's here to support you and definitely give her a follow give her podcast a listen. It's amazing. And thank you so much again, just for being on here and for continuing to share this message that so many of us need to hear. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate it. If you valued from this, take a screenshot, tag us on Instagram, send it to somebody else who would value from it. And we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with me and write an Apple iTunes review so I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me, you can find me on Instagram at Tatiana underscore Kuto. Make sure to tag me in any posts that you share. I love and appreciate you so much and cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out and radiate your light into the world.